baptism is a big deal. Yes! How great was that? Oh, man. My favorite Sundays are baptism Sundays. It's amazing to hear the stories and what God does through just seeing people cross the waters of baptism. Again, what we just said is that, that this is just the public declaration of the decision that they already made. And I'm so grateful that we are a church that continually gets to see this and hear stories and just, man, I'm telling you how unique that is. And God, God just put us in this place at a time such as this so that people still are changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for that, we celebrate Jesus. And we're so glad and grateful that we get to see them be baptized as a result of that. It's, I don't want that to ever go bland on you. I don't want that ever to be vanilla for you. I want this to be emotional in a sense to say, this, this still works. Jesus still works. Thousands of years later, he is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it's so awesome. That's why I love Baptism Sunday. I was looking forward to this and I can't wait to see our other stories in the next service. And uh, so I'm just so glad that you were able to be a part of this as a church uh, to be there with us. Okay. Well, welcome to church, everybody. I hope that uh, God will continue uh, to be here with us as we, as we uh, go in this series. We're in this series called Seven Questions. We're gonna get to that here in a minute. Uh, but before we get to that, I do wanna uh, highlight a few things that are happening going on uh, just to get you, get it on your radar. And it's a, a bunch of Easter stuff that I wanna you know, sort of put on your uh, calendars there. So here's what we got coming up on Easter weekend. Uh, and it's coming before we know it. So there's a few things I wanna ask you uh, to do. So uh, for, for parents of kids two years old all the way to fifth grade, uh, on Thursday, April 14th, we have something called Tail and Trail. We've been planning this for a long time. We are really looking forward to this. And again, it's for all kids age two uh, to fifth grade. And what we're gonna do is gonna be at Valley Park, six o'clock, and it's gonna be an awesome, awesome time. We're gonna have a tale. Uh, we're gonna share about Easter and Jesus and what that's all about. And then we're gonna end with a huge trail hunt, Easter egg hunt uh, at Valley Park. And so here's what I want you to do if you're a parent uh, of a two-year-old all the way to fifth grade and you wanna be a part of that. Uh, you see the cards when you came in on the seats. That We need you to sign up for this. Uh, and here's why. You don't have to sign up to be a part of it, but we need to know what resources and food and snacks and all that stuff that we need. We need to plan as best we can for that. We believe it's gonna be a big event. It's gonna be an awesome time. So make sure that you sign up for that. And if you could do that today, and if you're watching online, you could go to the website under events and find it there and sign up online. But if you're in here, please take a second to sign that card, sign, sign up on the card. And there's baskets on your way out, Easter baskets. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're just, we're thematically correct. So put them in the Easter baskets on the way out. If, if you could do that, that would be a huge help. Uh, and then we also, uh, on the next day, on Friday, we have a Good Friday service. Just wanna make sure that you know that we're doing that at seven o'clock on Good Friday. Uh, and that's the time for us as a church to come. And we're gonna, we're gonna come and meditate. We're gonna take communion together. And we're just gonna uh, think about uh, our sin and, and, and what put Jesus uh, on the cross and reflect on that and the sacrifice that he made for us. So just make sure you mark that on your calendar uh, to come to Good Friday service. It's just always a good time to, to be together and reflect on the death of Jesus. And then on Sunday, we're gonna come and celebrate the resurrection together. And a few things that I want you to know about that, as you can see, is we're gonna change our service times on Easter Sunday. It's just a one-time deal. Uh, we're gonna have 8.30, 10, and 11.30 service, okay? We just, we're gonna have, we believe, uh, too many people in here to accommodate with two services. So that's what we're gonna do. Uh, and so here's what we're asking uh, three or 400 of you to do, all right? Which, look around, 
That's you, okay? I'm just asking. Uh, so what we need is we need about 350 or 400 people to commit to going to the 8.30 service, okay? And within those numbers, we're gonna, it's gonna be the same service on all three services. Family ministry is gonna be uh, going on. So nursery, pre- preschool, and uh, K through fifth grade and all that stuff's gonna go on. So we need families with kids to sign up uh, and commit to the 8.30 service as well. Um, so if you could do that, that would be great. And again, you can scan that uh, QR code. Uh, you could go on the events in a website. You can find it on the app. Just help us out by doing that. And here's the thing. And and when we get to that number, uh, we will celebrate it. And if you do commit to 830, here's what I'll do for you. I will give you a special prayer that nobody gets. Okay. That is what you get. All right. Now, and this is true. I've also been authorized to say, if you make a commitment to 830, this is going to actually happen. I'm not joking. We will have whole donuts at 830 service for Easter. Just there. So there you go. There's the incentive. But my prayer is better than a whole donut, okay? Like, <laughs> sign up for 830, sir. It'd be great. So just to help us out, if you're a River Ridger and you've been coming here, 830 service would just to sign up for that, that'd be great. Get a donut, celebrate the resurrection with us, okay? So there we go. Uh, and make sure you do, uh, do that for us for Easter Sunday. We're really looking forward to Easter Sunday. It's gonna be great. All right, that's all that's coming up for Easter Sunday. Let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up to Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine. So what we've been doing uh, in this series is we've, been, we've called this seven questions because what we're looking at is we've been looking at together the questions that Jesus asked. And we're looking into why he asked them and what they have to do with us and our faith with Jesus. And so far, what we've looked at is Jesus asking us, why are you so afraid? And last week, we looked at who do you say that I am? That Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And so this week, we're gonna continue by looking at the next question that Jesus is gonna ask us in Matthew 9. And it's a question, gang, that is actually going to answer something that is really huge. And it's this. What does it take to actually please God? What does it take to make him happy? Is there something that we have or something that we can do that God looks at and he he becomes pleased as a result of it, that, that he is actually delighted in you because you have that going on? And here's the thing for me, man. If that's true, if there's something there that will delight him and make him pleased, I'm kind of interested in that. I want that going on in my life. And so this is what we're gonna look at as Jesus asks the next question. Okay, so let's get going. We're gonna be in Matthew 9. We're gonna pick this story up in verse 27. And here's what it says. It says, as Jesus went on from there, all right, so let's stop for a second and talk about that because this is actually really important to the story we're about to read. So where did he just come from? Here's where Jesus just came from. He just came from healing a little girl. All right, now, this healing that you read about before this story comes, is not like any kind of normal human healing, you know, where he like uh, fixes a scrape on her knee or, you know, where he like lets her, he helps her fear go away or something like that. Here's what Jesus did. He raised this girl from the dead. All right, he raised this girl from the dead. And what we need to understand is this was not like a sudden thing where he did like the Heimlich on her or something like that. She had been dead for a while. And and here's how we know this. We know this because in the story, you can read it for yourself. It says that she was dead and that that these people with flutes showed up, that these flutists showed up. And so it makes you kind of ask, well, what's that all about? What are these uh, flutists coming uh, at the house of the girl? And what's that mean? Well, what that meant was that these were professional mourners 
Just back in the day, that's what would happen when somebody would die, that they would, they would come and there would be a big thing to, to mourn the death of somebody uh, and there was a ceremony because she was gone. So it, she had been gone, she had been dead for a while. And so Jesus comes to the scene and he, and he comes in front of everybody and he says, hey, everybody needs to go away. She's not dead, she's just sleeping and everybody laughs at him. And so again, read it for yourself. They, they actually laugh in his face because that was silly talk. She, everybody knew that she was dead, but Jesus goes in, it says, takes her by the hand, says, wake up, and she gets up and walks out with him, and it was an amazing, phenomenal moment. Like, you, you can't keep that under wraps. Like, people saw it happen, and so this buzz was going on. It was pandemonium, so word is spreading like wildfire about Jesus and what's going on, and so this is what just happened, okay? So let's pick the story up. So as Jesus went on from there, here's what we see. Two blind, oh, go back. Two blind men showed up and they, they followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and here's the question that Jesus asked Do you believe that I am able to do this? Here's what they said Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. All right, so that's the story that we're looking at. That's the question that we encounter. So Jesus here is starting to gain notoriety, right? He's starting to be known around the region. He's being heralded as this healer who's talking about the kingdom of God. And, and so then these two blind guys, they hear about Jesus. They hear that he's coming to their town and they know he's there. And I imagine, I think about this story. I imagine being blind, I imagine thinking through like, what does that look like? Trying to find Jesus, but not being able to see. And so they're, they're really making their way through. They're listening, you know, they're listening and they're, they're following the sounds. And then it happens, right? The swell of the crowd, they almost feel the swell of the crowd. Then they hear these murmurs about this little girl. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, they feel this like group going by and they know that's where Jesus is because they can just feel this, this, this thing going on. So they latch onto the crowd. Right? They latch onto the crowd. They, they make their way to Jesus. And then they yell, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a little curious when I read things like that. I'm like, why didn't they say Jesus? They knew it was Jesus. Why would they say son of David? And I think they did that because maybe that would have stopped people. That would have stopped people like, wait, what did, they, what did he just say? Son of David. Now, gang, when you look into this, here's what this actually means. When, when that guy, when one of the guys says, son of David, this was him saying, hey, I know who you are. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ that God said was gonna come and take away the sins of the world. You know, and as I went through this story, I wondered about where it said they called out. I just wonder about what was that tone there? Like, right, what was that when they said, have mercy on his son of David? Like, I think about what that means because when you read it, sometimes you go past it, it just says they called out. That just seems so normal, right? So kind of vanilla, they hey, just called out. But when you actually look into the Greek word, it's this word calling out, called out, is a Greek word called krazo or krazo. And here's what it means. This is what this word means. It means a shriek, a shrieking. And it also means like the cry of a raven. That's a little different than just calling out, going, hey, son of David. Like, that's just like something at another level. You know what I'm saying? And so it just helps me understand. It's like more animalistic yell. I'm sure some of us have heard an animalistic yell a time or two in our lives. I've heard it twice in my life from the most amazing woman in my life when our two kids were born, right? Like, 
Like it was weird. I heard it and I'm like, that shouldn't be coming from her. But it is, you know? And I'm like, is that directed to me or I don't know? Like it was, you know, but it's not a normal yell. It was like this shriek, like something. It was another dimension, right? And I picture, you know, I think about it. I just want to put you in the story as best I can. I picture one of these guys, like with everything he's got, just belting it out like a shriek, like a cry of a raven because he's like, I got to separate myself out right now. There's a huge crowd going on. I got to separate because this is the one. He can do something. A miracle can happen with him. And I found this interesting in the story. If you read it again, I find it interesting that Jesus didn't stop. Did you see that? You notice that? It says that he just went right inside. He went right inside. Like, I know he heard it. He had to have heard it if it's that kind of yell, but he goes indoors. But here's what I love. They don't give up. It says they just go right with him. Like the, all of a sudden they're inside with Jesus. They kind of made their way there because uh, they were like, nope, we're not giving up. And then we see the question. Jesus asked them, do you believe that I can do this? And I read this without any hesitation, with no pause. Yes, we believe. Yes, for sure, Jesus. And so Jesus says, touches their eyes. He heals them. And then he tells them, hey, don't tell anybody about this. And here's what I wanna look at today with what Jesus just did right there. Here's what I wanna look, like, look at, it's this. When Jesus asked, do you believe I could do this? And when these guys said, yes, we believe, here's what I want us to catch, gang. Jesus heals them, it says, according to one thing, one thing. Jesus, he says, I'm gonna respond to you, not because of the need you have, not because of how you look, not because of what you're wearing, not because you need a leg up in life, not because you need a miracle to happen. And, and in fact, a lot of those things actually were a need that these guys had. But Jesus actually said, I'm gonna respond to you according to one thing, your faith. That's what he said. And I wanna tell you something if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that right there, what Jesus just said and what Jesus just did with the question that he asked, this message today is one of the most encouraging relationship building messages that you could ever hear about what Jesus says to you. It's amazing. Because here's, here's what you gotta catch, gang, in that moment and in the moment we have with Jesus right now. Because Jesus tells us something right there about us and God, and it's this, that God responds to faith. Catch me again. God responds to to faith. So here's what I want to say. If we have faith, we have what we need to move the heart of God. And if you're here today, I want to tell you something. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a measure of faith in you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have faith to give to God and God responds to faith. That's good news to hear if you are indeed a Christian. In fact, the Bible says this about faith. He says, the Bible says that it's actually, if you want to please God, here's what it takes to please God, faith. That's what it takes. You just need one thing. Hebrews eleven six says this, that it's impossible to please God, in fact, without faith. And so anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The message today is God is pleased. He is moved by faith. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and if you're trying to figure out what it takes or, or what we have, what we need to do to, to move the heart of God, you have faith in you, and that's what Jesus just said. But, but here's the danger of this story. The danger of this story is something that people in churches unfortunately do with it, which is they use this uh, in, in a sort of way to say, well, okay, but if something doesn't happen in your life or if that thing doesn't change or get fixed or come through well, it's because you didn't have enough faith. You ever hear that? 
That's what people kind of do. That's what they do with the story. So they would say, hey, if something does happen, man, all the glory goes to God and, and like God is awesome, he gives the glory for it. But if something doesn't happen, right? If that thing doesn't change, then it's because you didn't pray hard enough. You didn't pray rightly. You didn't have something going on in your life and, and you didn't have all these religious things in order. And, and whatever it is, it's as well, you just didn't have enough faith. And gang, that can really mess some people up, can it? It can really mess you up if that's the message that you hear because uh, then what you do is you almost live in this constant state of, of, of guilt, of shame, you know, of, of remorse because maybe you didn't do something right or you really, you're the one who messed it up and that's why that thing didn't come through or that thing didn't change. But this is not the message that we just saw from Jesus. That's not the message that God gives us about what faith is and what faith does. Because gang, when I read this story, when I see what Jesus said and uh, what, he, what he asked those guys and what he said to them and what he actually is encouraging us in is this, is this is what he's saying. That just catches that there is nothing that moves the heart of God more than faith. That's what I hear him say. And it's encouraging to me because I know I've got a measure of faith in me. And gang, here's what I want us to get to today with a question that Jesus asked. If we realize that right there, if we just realize that that is what can move the heart of God, it can change a lot about how God can move in us and how he can work in us, listen to me, regardless of what happens as a result. And so, so I wanna talk about that because you know, when you look at the word faith, we're gonna look at this for, for a few minutes. When you look at the word faith, it's a big word, right? Like faith is a big word. People use it all the time. Like when you hear sports guys or like these big, oh, he's a person of faith. And it's like, what does that even mean? Like what, what does faith really mean? What is it? Why is it so important for us as followers of Jesus? Well, we already looked at the fact that this is really the most important thing is that, that the faith in us is what it takes to move the heart of God. That, that, that if we wanna please God, that, that we need one thing. It's impossible to please him without faith. But, but here's what I wanna do today with this story that we have in front of us. There's a lot of ways that we can define faith, but I saw in this story three things that these two guys did that defines faith for them. And I think that we can look at and go after in our own lives and they're all attainable. We can do them. So I wanna break this story up and look at it because here's what I wanna ask. If you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those out there because here's what we wanna ask today and what we wanna go after. What kind of faith honors God? What kind of faith pleases God? God, so if you're taking notes, I hope you are, write this down. This is the first thing uh, that honors and pleases God. It's a faith that believes even when I don't see it. It's a faith that believes even when I don't see it. So this is actually uh, literal and, and, and spiritual. And, and I look at the story with these guys. For these guys, like it was both of those, right? It was literal and spiritual. These guys physically couldn't see. They couldn't see. And as I thought about this story, I wonder, I wonder if them not being able to physically see maybe allowed them to see Jesus in a way that others didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like if it allowed them with their other senses or just what was going on in them that they couldn't see what was in front of them, if it allowed them to see something about Jesus that others just had a harder time seeing because they believed even without hesitating. He just said, no, I believe. And, and this right here, gang, is the definition of faith. If you want the definition of faith, that's what it is. If you, if you go back to Hebrews 11, uh, it defines faith for us. It says this in, in verse one, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and faith is assurance about what we do not see. I've talked to people, you know, my faith story and people that, that I just, want to understand about where God is in their life. And, and this is actually kind of a speed bump for a lot of people uh, with faith in God and Jesus because I've heard them say, well, listen, like how, how am I supposed to have assurance if I can't actually see it? 
Like, how can I seriously have confidence uh, if, if I can't touch it or if I don't have a hard sight of it in, in front of me? That's just not me, man. That's not me. Like, I'm, I'm a seeing is believing kind of gal, right? I'm a seeing is believing kind of guy. But gang, listen to me. God says, no, 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 uh, that, that's backwards. That's backwards actually in, in life. It's not seeing is believing. It's believing that will allow you to see. That's what he's saying. It's believing that will actually wake you up from the spiritual blindness in your life. Really, at the end of the day, God or not, here, here's what faith is. All of us have faith in something. I'm telling you right now. But, but it, it, in all the things that we believe, believing has an invisible element to it. Always will, uh, always, always will be like that. And for these guys, here's what I wanna say with these guys and God, they didn't hesitate to say yes. They didn't hesitate to believe. And so here's what I wanna ask you today with this one. With the challenges that you're facing, with the things that you're hoping for, with the things that are, are going on in your life, do you believe right now in advance that God is here, that he can hear you, that he will answer you, that all things are possible with the God of the universe, that all things are possible with whatever challenge you have going on in your life. And here's the thing, gang, the churchy response to that is like, yes, amen, yep. But here's what I wanna tell you. There's one thing that will prove that to you in your life, it's your actions. What do your actions say about your belief? Because your actions will show your belief. And the other way goes around too, like your, your inaction will show your disbelief in whatever it is that thing is. What proves it is our action. What proves it is in our words and what we say and how we respond. That will indicate the belief that we have. And so a faith that pleases God is first a faith that believes when we can't see. Here's a second one, uh, if you're taking notes. It's also a faith that endures even if it doesn't change. It's a faith that endures even if it doesn't change. I love, uh, I love the persistence of these guys. I, uh, when you go back to the story, it's such a small story, but there's so many details in it uh, because they yell his name and nothing happens. Did you catch that? He went inside. And, and so here's the thing, gang. They had a choice and you have a choice. And here's what their choice was. They could have said, all right, fine. All right, Jesus. I mean, I know you heard me, Jesus. I know you heard me when I yelled. You don't want to help? Okay, fine, we're out. I'm out. Try one, that's it. But, but here's the other choice, and this is what they decided to do. They said, no, I'm not giving up that easy. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? D guide me into that, get me into that door. I'm going in, and then all of a sudden you see them inside with Jesus, because they said, we're not giving up. We're not, we're not gonna go out that easily. Love that, love that about these guys. And I love, here's what I love too. I love that we have in our hands with the Bible so many stories about these amazing men and women of faith that we have it all over the people who follow God in faith. Because gang, I, I gotta tell you, man, I don't know what Bible you read and what stories you see in the people of faith that are in there, man. But, but the stories of faith that these people have and the challenges that they faced in a world that they were living in, they weren't in this like, you know, like instant gratification world that we live in now. But man, it's amazing the endurance of faith that they had. I'm telling you, gang, when I read these stories, change is not happening and, and them just persevering and the faith that they had in God, it, encour it encourages me when I'm down, when I read that, and it helps me when I don't see the change that I wanna see in my life. You know, when you go back to Hebrews 11, Man, I really want you to read that if you, if you uh, want to today. It's an amazing chapter. Uh, it, it's actually called the Hall of Faith. 
uh, Hebrews 11. Uh, and it gives us, because it gives us a list of men and women uh, in the Bible and, and the faith stories that they went through. And, and this is the thing. This is the people who God says, man, that right there, that's faith. Like they did it right. Like they, they really let their faith lead them and, and so their faith was amazing. That's what I see God saying about these men and women. But here's, here's what I want you to catch if you go back and read Hebrews 11 and we'll see it up here in a minute because at the end of it though, you, you read these incredible stories of faith like Rahab, Noah, all these guys, Jacob. Uh, but at the end of it, the writer actually says something about these guys and gals that I want you to catch. Here's what he says. This is interesting. He says, okay, these were all commended for their faith, all of them. Yet, listen, none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Now leave that up there for a second. Because man, right there, that, I don't know if you caught that, but that's a little sobering for me when I read it. Because what this is saying is that these are the heavy hitters of faith in the Bible. The big names, like you, you got a big name, it's probably in there and they don't see the change in the end of their life. You didn't read that wrong. They didn't receive the promise that God gave them on this end of eternity. But yet, they remain faithful. Why? Why? Honestly, you gotta ask, why, why would they remain faithful if they did not receive the promise of God in their lifetime? Because their faith, gang, you, you gotta catch this, their faith allowed them to see, which is their faith that is real, that is true, that is honest, that it goes through the ups and downs of their life. It told them though, and it reinforced to them on this side of eternity that there is an entirely different promise that we live for. That's what it said. Because their faith tells us that God had something different planned for them. God had something, listen, better planned for us. You know this, but I just wanna say it, living in faith, does not exempt you from problems, right? It doesn't exempt you from change happening right away. I think about our brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now. I think about Christians in Ukraine praying for change to happen. We're praying with them for change to happen, for those things to happen right now. And sometimes we pray for change uh, and it doesn't change right away. But faith, here's what I wanna tell you. And this is what I pray for them right now, that faith knows the finish line. You know what I'm saying? Faith knows the finish line. And, and even if I don't get what I'm praying for, even if I don't see the change happening, uh, even if it's what I'm hoping for, I know what is right and good and it doesn't happen right away. Even when things are not so awesome right now, I'm not gonna turn my back on God. I'm just not gonna do it because there's no better thing that, that I could go to. So I'm not gonna turn my back on God because here's what I know. This is what this just said. I know that there's a better way that he has. I know there's a better plan that he has, that he can help me in, in the meantime, in my loss, in my pain, in my struggle, in, in whatever challenge I'm facing, that he can actually help things go better for me on this end of eternity while I'm in the wait. He could still do all of those things and then some, even when it doesn't make any sense. So then the God I serve and the God I know is the God I'm gonna have faith to trust even listen when things don't entirely change yet quite frankly i think this is probably a cycle a lot of christians are in i think anybody could trust god when things are going great any i mean anybody can give when you got enough to give it's easy any, anybody can, can persist when, the, when you, the finish is like a couple inches away. Anybody could do that. Anybody could believe when it's right there in front of them. But real faith, man, real faith is chiseled out in the valleys of our life. That's the truth. 
Real faith is built on the values of life. Sometimes it's trusting God when I don't see the change happen right away. Here's the third thing that honors God, that God sees as amazing in faith. It's a faith that says yes before knowing the results. Faith that says yes before knowing the results. I love last week, Chad talked about this last week and I wrote that and put a big circle on it because he said something about our faith. He said, you know, faith is this. It's waking up and saying, all right, God, yes. Now, what's your question? I love that. I love that. Okay, what, what do you, whatever you want me to do, my answer is yes first. That's what, how we should wake up uh, to God every day waking up saying, yes, God. Now, what's your question? What do you want me to do? And uh, I love this story. My favorite reminder of this point of, of a faith that says yes before even knowing what the results are gonna be is this story of these three guys, teenagers, and they're named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's also an awesome Beastie Boys rap. But anyways, these guys, don't listen to it. Okay, these guys, I don't know why I just said that. Don't listen to it. Okay, they don't say anything bad. These guys, anyways, okay, these guys were followers of God. Why do I do this? They were following God in a land that did not follow God. And they were being suppressed by their faith. They were kind of being tolerated a little bit. But then one day the king of the land uh, told all these people, the, the, the people who were following God of the universe, they said, all right, listen, I don't care what, what you believe or whatever. You need to actually worship me like a God. You need to do that. You need to bow to me. And these three teenagers said, nah, I can't do that. Sorry, like I'm not, you're not God. So, so can't do it, can't do it. And the king says, okay, if you don't, if you don't, I'm gonna send you to this fiery furnace and you're gonna die. So I'm gonna give you another chance. And they said, we heard you, uh, we're not gonna do it. Whatever you need to do, do what you gotta do, but we can't bow to you. You're not God and we only bow uh, to him. And so the king says, all right, man, like here we go. You're gonna go into the furnace. And then probably one of the most profound, courageous, amazing things that I've heard somebody in a, with a faith of God say, here's what they said. I love it. They said, all right, <laughs> If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we wanna make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They said, listen, we have absolutely nothing else to say except this, that our God is greater than you, period. Where's the furnace? It's amazing. I love it. They said, man, he, because we believe that he will and he can deliver us from that fire. He can absolutely do it. And even if he doesn't, they say, this is the most courageous thing I've ever, even if he doesn't, we will die never bowing to you and our faith will be intact. It's an amazing thing. Our God is able. Our God is able. I think somebody in here and somebody out there needs to hear that today, that your God is able. He is able to rescue. He is able to redeem. He is able to heal. He is able to bring anybody across from, 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 the, from, the, from the place of death to the place of life. He is able to free us from whatever holding us down and keeping us captive from the freedom that he wants to experience. Our God is able to do all this stuff and then some. He is able to pave a road of light in the darkest places in the world. Our God is able. Anybody want to say amen to that? Our God is able. Our God is absolutely able to do all of that there's one thing you need to know is he is able he is able he is able to do that these three said listen king like we know who our god is and he's able to rescue us and even if he doesn't we will gladly march to our deaths 
We'll gladly do that with songs of praise to our God. And gang, you gotta catch this. They did not know what God was gonna do. Do you know that, right? They had no clue what God was, they, they were absolutely sure of one thing. Like they were like, we're gonna go into the furnace. That's what they were sure of. They did not know what was going to happen, but they were prepared to die with their faith intact. And gang, this is, this is what I wanna end with in a sense. For people of faith, for people who let their faith lead them and guide them in this life, and who are living out their faith. Again, we wanna look at a faith that honors God. We wanna look at a faith that pleases God. There's all kinds of faith out there. But I wanna look at what kind of faith God looks at and goes, man, I, I love that. Like, I love that. Here's what people do. They don't first see and then act. They just, that's just not the faith that honors God. They don't do it. They, they act in faith and obedience and then they do what they know they need to do according to what God has already said to them. And then here's, they let the chips fall where they may, gang. They let the chips fall where they may. In other words, if you're at a place in your life with God, and I don't know, just think about the decisions you've made lately or how you've gone after those decisions or you know, when you're in that sort of area of the unknown where you say, okay, man, like, uh, I'm not real sure I wanna do this until I kinda know what you're gonna do, God. The God who made you and the God who loves you says, I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Like, you need to trust me. You need to know that I have your best interest in mind. You need to know that I have eternity set. I have everything ready to pave the path for your life, but you have to trust me. If you trust me with all your heart, I will absolutely make your path plain and obvious and clear. You need to trust me. And so gang, here we go. If you wanna have a faith that honors God, a faith that pleases God, then we wanna go after a faith that believes when it can't see, a faith that endures even when things don't change, and a faith that says yes before we even know the results. And so how do we respond to this today? There's one more thing in your notes there. And it's just a challenge I wanna put to all of us if if we are men and women of faith in God. I wanna challenge all of us to do this is I just wanna challenge you to make a commitment to grow your faith. That today I'm gonna make a commitment to grow my faith. Growth is a choice. It's absolutely a choice, like because you gotta do stuff in order for something to grow. I think about my garden. If I don't do anything in my garden, it's not gonna grow. Like ju- just that, just leaving it be, like you gotta cultivate, you gotta kind of pick the weeds out and all that stuff. So I wanna challenge every one of us to make a commitment to grow our faith. And so here's what I want you to do really quick. Just, just look at what we talked about. Go back into that story. Man, read Hebrews 11. I challenge you to read Hebrews 11 and just ask God, man, what, what do I need to work on here? What do I, what do I need because I wanna have a faith that pleases you. I wanna have a faith that honors you. And so which of these needs work? Which one do you need to make a commitment to get serious about on working on? And so uh, do you need to work on believing before seeing? That, that you know that believing is what will cause you to absolutely see and take the spiritual blinders off? Do you need to work on persisting even when things don't change? Do you need to work on, no, my answer is just yes, no matter what, whatever it is. I feel like God is probably speaking to you right now in that moment. And, and here's the thing, if you don't know where to start, okay, like practical, like how do I actually really let my faith grow? God gives you great instruction on that. And it's an easy thing that all of us can do. It's actually in Romans 10, 17, that he actually says, this is how you grow your faith, it's awesome. It says this in Romans 10, 17, he says, all right, so here's where faith comes. It comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. So there you go. That, that just by coming daily to the word, we talk about this all the time and we're not just kind of saying it. If you go to the word of God, your faith will absolutely grow. That's just, that's what God just said. If you go to the word of God, if you learn more and more about Jesus and who he is and what he did, then your faith will absolutely grow. And the opposite is true too. That's what I really want you to understand. If you don't, your faith will not grow. It just won't grow. It's the food needed to grow that muscle. 
And remember this, one more thing, remember this. God loves you. He loves you so much. And all he wants for you is to have a faith, not that pleases him, that'd be great, but he just wants you to have a faith that works, that works. And, and, and he, he, he says, you have a measure of faith in you, that you have what you need to actually please and honor God in your life right now. And this is good news. This is the good news and we'll be done. Your faith in you is not a result of what you've done, but of what Jesus did for you. And that's really good news. Because then you can look to that, the perfect, to say that's the measure of faith in my life. And I can lean in on that to say, all right, God, now let's roll. Let's go. Let's get my faith going so that I can please and move you. Let's pray. God, this is... uh, Man, to talk about faith and to see people cross the waters of baptism, taking a step of faith, publicly declaring their faith in Jesus, it's awesome to see. God, I pray you reinforce that faith to us. I pray that we can see that there is a faith that that pleases you. There's a, a faith that honors you. There is a faith that gets us through this life. It's not fake. It's not like some sort of veneer that we can have in this life that is something that, that gives us courage, it gives us purpose, it gives us legs to following Jesus, and we thank you for that, God, that you give us really good instructions on that, that, and you want us to really just go after a life that you want us to have, and so we thank you for that. I pray for uh, the men and women in here who do have a measure of faith, that they can lean in on Jesus as, as the producer of their faith, and they can start working on the things that you're telling them to do. We love you, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, it's been a great Sunday. Uh, I pray that God has blessed you and uh, don't forget to drop off your tail and trail things in those baskets out there. And we'll see you next week for the next question that Jesus asks.